Hello everyone, Double T here. Welcome in to all of our listeners from here and around the globe. This morning I was handed a sheet from my assistant informing me we now have listeners in Mexico, Canada, Bangladesh, Malaysia, and Romania. We couldn't be happier to welcome everyone to our rapidly growing Double T podcast family. I truly am humbled. Ladies and gentlemen, today the first thing that I'd like to discuss is mandates. And I'd like to talk about the difference in mandates between a company and the United States government. So something that I saw in the news that I thought was very interesting was that United Airlines Chief Executive Scott Kirby said on Tuesday that his company had about 3,000 employees that tested positive for COVID-19, but their vaccine-mandated employees, and none of their employees had died or recently been hospitalized with the disease. United was the first carrier to mandate vaccines for their employees in order to facilitate travel in flight operations. Airlines have canceled thousands of flights since late December when the surge in Omicron cases in winter weather began impacting schedules. Kirby went on to say since the vaccine mandate went into effect, the hospitalization rate among his employees vaccinated has been 100% lower than the general population in the U.S. before vaccination requirement was put into place. Tragically, More than one United employee average per week was dying from COVID, he said, but now since they've gone eight straight weeks with zero COVID-related deaths among vaccinated employees. According to Reuters, that suggests United's prior experience and nationwide COVID data suggests there are approximately eight to 10 United employees who are alive today because of their vaccine requirement. He went on to say that the airline was reducing our near-term schedules to make sure that they had the staffing and the resources to take care of their customers. Last month, Kirby defended the airline's vaccine mandate decision in the face of Republican criticism. We did this for safety, and he said at a U.S. Senate hearing, we do not compromise on safety. He went on to say last month about 200 employees did not comply with the United mandate and were fired. I have 67,000 employees, he added. About 6% were fired and about 8% put on unpaid leave out of about 13,000 rival American airlines. said on Friday that more than 96% of his employees had submitted proof of COVID-19 vaccination or request for accommodation. So, did Scott Kirby do a good thing? Did he save lives? I'm asking this question to be a little bit thought-provoking. I'm asking this, and I'm trying to relate this to the Biden administration's vaccine mandate. The mandate that put millions of people out of work. Now, I'm not in favor of mandates. I simply look at this as a company, which is a business that is privately or publicly held, 
They have a right to mandate their employees to do something if they want to continue to be in their employ. I have worked for companies that have mandated flu shots. I did not agree with the mandate because I did not want to take the flu shot. However, they gave us an alternate option. If we did not want to take the flu shot, we were required to wear a mask for four months during the flu season. Nobody likes to be held to an ultimatum. A couple of weeks ago on my New Year's Eve countdown show, I talked about the Biden administration's vaccine mandate. That mandate put millions of people out of work. People that were relevant and needed on the front lines of every community that they were serving. Teachers, EMTs, firemen, policemen, first responders. People that were valuable to their communities. People that were needed. That was a mandate that I was not in favor of. People know what they're getting into when they take a job. All the cards are put up on the table, especially nowadays in human resources. It's so prevalent in all these big companies. So if they're going to tell you that you have to take a flu shot, they're going to tell you up front. Nobody has a right to tell you what you have to put in your body. That's not what this is all about. The U.S. government does not have a right to tell you that you have to take this shot and put it in your body in order to keep your job. That is unfair. The difference here is United Airlines is a company and if they're telling you as a company you have to do this in order to keep your job, that's part of the rules of the company. You do not work for the United States of America if you're a teacher. You do not work for the United States of America if you're an EMT or a first responder, a fireman, a police. You don't work for the United States government. Therefore, the United States government does not have a right to tell you that you have to take this vaccine. You know, folks, it's really simple. I said this on the New Year's Eve show. They should not have made this a mandate. They should have made the approach a lot different and they would have gotten a lot better result. If Biden's worried about a vaccine mandate, perhaps he should think about closing the southern border and stop letting COVID-infected people flood through our country. That would be a bigger issue for him to solve than worrying about policemen, teachers, and first responders, and firemen. That's just an absolutely ridiculous thing on the part of the president. That was a wrong mandate. Here's something I found on the news that I thought was a really interesting story. There's a company out there called SGW, and they have been in research and development in the creation of, for the last 20 years, the development of a smart gun. It's just a pistol. It's not an assault rifle. It's just a, a, a handgun. And they are now in the testing phase of it. The gun is called a Lodestar. And it has three different mechanisms for identification. First, there is a finger sensor for the thumb and the forefinger. 
So you have to be holding this gun in a firing position in order for it to identify yourself. The second method is there is a small keypad on the side of the gun which you would have to enter a, I guess, a four-number code. And the third way is through a smartphone app. I don't know how exactly that works, but the gun is Bluetooth. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so they're in the testing phase of it now. I saw an interview with the founder of the president, Garth Glazer, and they're very concerned about how the government's going to handle this and what kind of regulations they're going to put onto it. The gun at this point is an $895 gun. They're claiming that you can leave this gun lying on a table and it is safe in front of anybody. i sorry, folks. I still don't line up with that logic. I think accidents always can happen. But more to come on that story when it's available. Hey, folks. If you own a large commercial space and you're looking for ways to reduce energy costs, you may want to talk with Chris and the team over at National Business Consultants. Whether it be lighting, water, insulation, HVAC, refrigeration, or solar, the list goes on. Let the experts at National Business Consultants Come in and give you a no-cost energy evaluation and show you a long-term plan of savings. You can reach Chris at 203-609-4118 or at nationalbusinessconsultants.net. That's 203-609-4118 or nationalbusinessconsultants.net. Welcome back, folks. A story that I found deeply disturbing and just sad was the sudden passing of legendary actor and uh, comedian Bob Saget at the age of 65 right after a performance in a hotel room in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, nobody knows at this point what the cause of death was. Um, you may remember Saget. He played single dad Danny Tanner on Full House for many, many years. He was sort of America's dad, especially after Cliff, can I please have a cocktail, Huxtable, ran his course of impropriety. But um, take a quick look back, maybe. Um, you know, Saget was a an amazing stand-up comedian. He worked very blue, which a lot of people didn't realize. Um, uh, he did a lot of uh, directing work. He directed Dirty Work with Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang. Um, had a good career. And just 65 years old. I mean, that's, that's just like crazy. So I thought, you know, a lot of, a lot of things happened towards the end of last year. And I thought maybe we could take a little uh, brief look at some of the people that we lost uh, in 2021. I just took the most popular ones that I can find on the list. And the most recent one and one of the most beloved ones was we lost Betty White. Betty White had an amazing career. 
most recently, she was in the show called Hot in Cleveland on TV Land with Valerie Bertinelli. Prior to that, The Golden Girls, where she played Rose Nyland. But who can forget her on the Mary Tyler Moore show, where she played Sue Ann Nivens, I believe it was. And then she had uh, her own show as a spinoff from the Mary Tyler Moore show. She was also wife to Password game host Alan Ludden. Betty White, beloved, she was 99 years old, I do believe. We lost former U.S. Senator and former presidential candidate Bob Dole. Ran for president in 1996 against Bill Clinton. He was a U.S. Senator for numerous years. I'll never forget Norm MacDonald playing him on Saturday Night Live. I'm Bob Dole. That, that, that Norm was just amazing. But um, despite his physical handicaps, uh, he was a U.S. veteran. He was a very strong man. And he served his country well, Bob Dole. And um, may he rest in peace. Former United States Vice President Walter Fritz Mondale became a senator in 1964, rose through the ranks, and became the vice president under Jimmy Carter in 1977. He was defeated in 1980 by Ronald Reagan and benchmarked uh, having the first female vice presidential running mate in Geraldine Ferraro. One of my favorite lines in a presidential debate ever was when Reagan looked over to Mondale and said, I will not hold your youth and inexperience against you. It was pretty funny. We lost the husband of Queen Elizabeth II, Prince Philip, the Duke of Dedenborough. He married the Queen in 1947, ascended to the throne in 1952, a role he held for 69 years. We also lost one of my true radio heroes, the beloved Rush Limbaugh, at the age of 70 to cancer. Rush was truly a pioneer in radio, talk radio. One of the original political provocateurs, he gained notoriety by spreading his political opinions starting in the 70s. He developed them into a TV show in the 80s, referred to feminists as feminazis. He was diagnosed with lung cancer in 2020, passing away, I said, at the age of 70. But not before then-President Trump awarded him with the Presidential Medal of Freedom at the State of the Union Address. You could see how surprised and how honored Rush was. Russ truly loved this country. George P. Schultz, at the age of 100. This economist and businessman have served several political offices under President Nixon, including Secretary of the Treasury in 1972 and 74. He was also Secretary of State under Ronald Reagan in 1982 and stayed in that role, role until 1989. And in his later years, he was advocate for clean energy. Former heavyweight champion Leon Spinks uh, was an amateur boxer, won the light heavyweight Olympic gold medal in 76 and turned professional 
and managed to land a championship bout against Muhammad Ali, which was a big shock when he won on points as a world heavyweight champion. Spinks partied hard, and in the months following a rematch with Ali in September of 78, he was beaten well, and his boxing career finally took a long downward trajectory as he retired in 1978. We lost beloved Bob Barker, game show host, animal rights activist, and alleged pervert. Here's one that really got me too. Comedian Norm MacDonald. Who can forget Norm's work on Saturday Night Live behind the Weekend Update desk, particularly his O.J. Simpson jokes, which eventually got him fired from Saturday Night Live, his portrayal of Senator Bob Dole, his movie Dirty Work, and of course his stand-up routines. He was really a big Dave Letterman fan. I don't know if you ever saw that final uh, Dave Letterman show. Some people might disagree with this, but too bad. We lost the true home run king of baseball, Hammer and Hank Aaron. How many of you still consider him to be the true home run king of Major League Baseball? Send me an email, doubletpodcast at iCloud.com. Put something up on the Facebook page, Tony Tarasi, Double T Podcast. Or send something to me at Twitter at at Double T Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you. I will respond and I will read all of your emails as they come in. Actor Ed Asner, who portrayed Lou Grant on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Who can forget Mr. Grant? And then portrayed the same character in a spin-off show, The Lou Grant Show. And who can forget his performance in the miniseries Rich Man, Poor Man. After Ned Beatty died, and Ned had memorable roles, which earned him Oscar nominations. All the President's Men, Rudy, Deliverance, Superman. Who can forget him in Deliverance? With the banjo scene. Um, ah, that was crazy. We lost great actor Michael Constantine from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. But who could forget him in the 1970s sitcom Room 222? Here's one that deserves about 14 seconds or less. Dustin Diamond. Yeah, Screech died. Rapper DMX at the age of 50. Larry Flint, publisher of Hustler Magazine at the age of 78. Actor Charles Grodin at the age of 86. Legendary CNN broadcaster Larry King at the age of 97. I'm going to tell you, Larry King was pretty amazing. He he was just one of those old-fashioned newscaster kind of guys with the suspenders on and I like Larry King he had a very unique style of interviewing people and and I just loved the way when he answered the phone he goes New York what do you got always like Larry King Tommy Dodger Blue Lasorda at the age of 94 
Tommy was absolutely a baseball guy. He bled baseball and he bled Dodger blue. Tommy was fun. He was a great manager. He was animated. They don't have managers in baseball like that anymore. Now everything's analytics and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And and Tommy was just one of those guys that when he was pissed off at you, you knew he was pissed off at you. You always knew where you stood with him. And, 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 and then at the end of the day, you were sitting down in a restaurant eating dinner with him. Tommy Lasorda at the age of 94. Cloris Leachman at the age of 94. Who could forget her work on the Mary Tyler Moore Show? Then she had her own show called Phyllis. And my God, who can forget her in Young Frankenstein? Comedian Jackie Mason at the age of 93. Now here's one that needs some talking about. Legendary football coach and broadcaster... John Madden at the age of 85. Now, let's first talk about Coach Madden. Coach Madden was a very strategic guy, a very animated guy. He was a winning football coach. He coached a lot of years. I, I actually learned a lot uh, watching him eulogize Don Coriel, believe it or not. Madden was just a football guy from head to toe. He lived it, he breathed it, and he died it. Now, when Madden left football, he goes into the broadcasting booth, and he ends up with Pat Summerall. And it was like a married couple, and no matter what, as I'm a... Cowboy fan, I've said before, and I just knew that Cowboys always played on Thanksgiving Day, and I expected Madden and Summerall be, to be doing the Cowboy games, and they did, and I always remember the turkey with the six legs and Madden, and he was just a fun guy to listen to. I loved him with the Telestrator. It was something I never saw before. That was new technology for us back in the 70s, and then... He introduced the world to the turducken, which was kind of neat. And uh, Madden, I remember once he ripped one open with his hands. When he was with Al Michaels one day on a Thanksgiving Day broadcast, he, he ripped one open with his hands. But Madden was a very, um, you know, like what Tony Romo is today. Like you like, I like listening to Tony Romo because he dissects a game like nobody else I've ever heard. Madden was the same way. Madden could give you insights into the game like nobody else would. And and Romo's the same way. And that's why I really liked Madden. So and then he got into the video game thing. And here's an interesting fact that I just recently found out, and this wasn't until after his death, was that when EA Sports came back to Madden and said, we can only make this game a 9-on-9 game. Madden told him, forget it, he's out. He says, if you can't make this an authentic game, then I don't want my name on it. And they went back to the drawing board. They hired different or more engineers, whatever they had to figure out to do it. 
in order to make this right because Madden would not put his name on this football game unless it was authentic. And that's how serious he was about the game of football. And and he just, he just seemed like a very charming uh, guy, but very passionate about his work. So, Coach, um, hope you're in the Super Bowl in the sky. We lost Mike Nesmith of the Monkees at the age of 78. I told you in the last episode uh, when we did the countdown that Mike's mom uh, invented liquid paper. Whiteout. We lost legendary composer Stephen Sondheim at the age of 91. Uh, legendary producer known for creating the Wall of Sound. Phil Spector died at the age of 81. Also a convicted murderer, he died in jail. And I gotta say, we're not in this list right here. I'm gonna um, actually stop this list right here uh, with whom I feel is one of the most beloved actresses of our generation, and that would be Cicely Tyson. Uh, Cicely died at the age of 96 in a career that spanned 70 years. She made her mark in every form of entertainment, best known for her 1972 performance in Sounder, and her Emmy-winning role as Ophelia Harkness in How to Get Away with Murder. Her countless stage performances, Tyler Perry Sunday said, the best statement in his Instagram when he said, my heart breaks in one beat. Cicely Tyson, dead at the age of 96. That's how I want to finish this episode. And I want to say a few things. I want to say thank you to everybody that has encouraged and helped me get to this point. I know this is only our fifth episode, but we have a lot more to come. Uh, we have a lot of big plans. We have a dinner show that's going to be coming up soon um there's a lot of things that are going to be happening with this podcast and it's growing fast it's it's going to grow very fast so i thank you for all of the love all of the emails all of the support i am very humbled by it and we will be back again uh one more show this week or over the weekend and um Stay safe out there. And if you have the opportunity to do one random act of kindness for somebody, it'll make the world a much better place. Double T, out.